WJDC, Winter Park, Orlando, the home of the Canio Smooth Jazz Show. Enjoy. From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man who brings you the info, the uber, snazzy, and jazzy, Mr. Kason Dukania! Oh yeah, Jason Kelly is in the house. Oh yes, he is. Welcome to the show, folks. It's episode 10 of the Queens New Yorker. Wednesday, March 28th, 2018. Oh, glad to have you aboard here for another edition of the Queens New Yorker. And I'll tell you, we are just about... uh, Four days away from Easter Sunday, and uh, Holy Week is uh, kind of picking up here. Also, spring break is, you know, but <laughs> in the Northeast right now, they are dealing with some heavy snow issues still. Uh, that Nor'easter is still lingering about, and I tell you, folks, I don't think I've ever seen this uh, bad of a, of a winter for the Northeast, especially in New York and in our in Queens. Let me give you some of the temperatures because I do track some temperatures on my phone. And when I do, oh, my gosh. Let's see. Right now, Richmond Hill, where I live, is cloudy. <clears throat> Excuse me. With uh, 49 degrees with a real feel of 45. Their temperatures are going to be lingering around the... They should be getting into the upper 60s pretty soon. Uh, By Easter Sunday, they'll be in the upper 50s, mid-50s, somewhere around the the area. Um, Ozone Park, same, uh, you know, Ozone Park and Richmond Hill, they're pretty much close to each other, so the temperature's about the same. Uh, Howard Beach is about 5 degrees cooler at 44 but a real feel of 43. That's cloudy over there right now. Snow-wise, uh, yeah, they've had a lot. And I think they're all sick and tired of it. And I think they want to get to the summertime as quickly as possible. I think the kids are all a little bit anxious, as we all were growing up in uh, New York when all those <laughs> snow days were hitting us pretty hard. So I, I think for what it's worth, we, uh, we get through this as quickly as possible. Anyways, uh, episode 10 today coming at you, part two of the history of Flushing Queens. As I mentioned before, you saw part one, or you listened to it. You got a little bit of an idea of the Dutch colonies, um, the 21st century. We're going to be looking today mainly at the rest of uh, the Wikipedia's uh, Asian communities, the Chinese communities, the demographics, and some more culture and uh, Korean community today, whatever we've got time for, and we'll de- designate this as uh, part two of our uh, trip down flushing. Uh, let me give you the, the uh, stats for our Queens New Yorker page. Right now, currently, as of today, we are at 174 followers. Thank you very much for tagging along with us. Uh, total plays, 85 minutes listened, 1,369. 31 favorites, no comments, and one repost. 
Last week's episode of uh, our show was part one. The History Flushing had three listens. Uh, two weeks ago, Belrose, College Point, and Douglaston got seven listens. And um, Bayside got two. We had six for um, the history of housing developments, Queens Bridge and Queens West. Um, the premiere episode is still hanging around about 47 listens. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're getting an influx of imbalance here, folks. But uh, none to worry. We're still new. Still, still kind of getting into it. Once we get down to the Rockaways and we finish up all of the cities, we'll get into more detailed depth of things that are going around each particular city and hone in on stuff that is all queens all the time. Okay, so let's go ahead and delve into um, part two of Flushing. We uh, take uh, pick up where we left off with the Asian communities. <clears throat> and this is all from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia that basically gives you the information you expect. In the 1970s, a Chinese community established a foothold in the neighborhood of Flushing whose demographic constituency had been predominantly non-Hispanic, white, interspersed with a small Japanese community. And this wave of immigrants from Taiwan were the first to arrive and develop Flushing's Chinatown. It was known as Little Taipei, or Little Taiwan, along with immigrants from Taiwan at this time, a large South Korean population also called Flushing Home. <clears throat> Get some water here. Before the 1970s, Cantonese immigrants had vastly dominated Chinese immigration to New York City. However, during the 70s, the Taiwanese immigrants were the first wave of Chinese immigrants who spoke Mandarin rather than Cantonese to arrive in New York City. Many Taiwanese immigrants were additionally Hokkien and had relatives or connections to Fujian province in China, which led to large influxes of Fuzan Hayes Americans. Now, over the years, many new non-Cantonese ethnic Chinese immigrants from different regions and provinces of China started to arrive in the city and settled in Flushing through word of mouth. And this led to the creation of a more Mandarin-speaking Chinatown or a Mandarin town that gradually replaced Little Taipei. This wave of immigrants spoke uh, Mandarin and various regional and provisional dialects. The early 90s and 2000s brought a wave of Fuzianese Americans and Wenzhenhausese or Hunese Americans like the Taiwanese, and they faced cultural and communication problems in Manhattan's dominant Cantonese-speaking Chinatown and settled in Flushing as well as Elmhurst, Queens, which also has a significant uh, Mandarin-speaking population. Flushing's Chinese population became very diverse over the next few decades as people from different provinces started to arrive, infusing their varied languages and cultures into this new Chinatown. And due to the increased opening of mainland China, um, <clears throat> there has been a growing or northern Chinese population in Flushing. These diverse Chinese immigrant populations have brought with them their own regional food cuisines, which have led to Flushing being considered a food mecca for Chinese regional cuisine outside of Asia. 
And in future episodes down the line, we're going to look at those delicious places because I tell you that's the fun part about Queens is the food. <laughs> Just being in New York City alone in the five boroughs, you're not going to get a bad meal anywhere. And if you do, you have a bad taste for uh, for Chinese food. I don't know why. Oh, let's see. Uh, Based on the data from the 2010 United States Census, the population of Flushing was 72,008, an increase of 2,646 from the 69,362 counted in 2000, covering an area of 853.6 acres. The neighborhood had a population density of 84.4 inhabitants per acre. Per acre. The racial makeup of the neighborhood was 9.5% white, 4.2% African-American, 69.2% Native American, 0.1% Asian, Pacific Islander, 0.2% from other races, and 1.8% from two or more races, Hispanic or Latino, of any race were 49% uh, of the population. Flushing Chinatown, or Mandarin Chinatown, is one of the largest and fastest-growing ethnic Chinese enclaves outside of Asia, as well as within New York City itself in uh, Mandarin, and Flushing is known as uh, Falashang. Fa- yeah, Fals- uh, Falashang, yeah. And Main Street and the area to its west, particularly along Roosevelt Avenue, have become the primary nexus of Flushing's Chinatown. However, uh, Chinatown continues to expand southeastward along uh, Casana Boulevard and northward beyond Northern Boulevard. In the 70s, a Chinese community established a foothold in the neighborhood of Flushing, whose demographic constituency had been predominantly non-Hispanic white. And Taiwanese began the surge of immigration, followed by other groups of Chinese. And by 1990, well, the Asians constituted 41% of the population of the core of area of Flushing, with Chinese in turn representing 41% of the Asian population. However, ethnic Chinese are constituting an increasingly dominant proportion of the Asian population as well as the overall population in Flushing and its Chinatown. A 1986 estimate by the Flushing Chinese Business Association approximated 60,000 Chinese in Flushing alone. The intersection of Main Street and Roosevelt Avenue, the business center for Flushing on the westernmost edge of the neighborhood, has a large concentration of Chinese and Korean businesses including Asian restaurants. Chinese-owned businesses in particular dominate the area along Main Street and the blocks west of it. Many of the signs and advertisements of the stores in the area are in Chinese. Ethnic Chinese constitute an increasingly dominant proportion of the Asian population and as well as the of the overall population in Flushing. Consequently, Flushing's Chinatown has grown rapidly enough to become the largest Chinatown outside Asia and has surpassed the Manhattan Chinatown in size. A 1986 estimate by the Flushing Chinese Business Association approximated 60,000 Chinese in Flushing alone. And by the 90s, they constituted 41% of the population, as you know. However, ethnic Chinese are constituting an increasingly dominant proportion of the Asian population, as well as the overall population in Flushing and its Chinatown. And they're all legal, 
and illegal immigration from mainland China, and they continue to spur the ongoing rise of the ethnic Chinese population. According to the Daily News article, Flushing's Chinatown ranks as New York's second largest Chinese community with 33,526 Chinese, and that's up from 17,363, which is a 93% increase. The Brooklyn Chinatown now ranks number one as the largest Chinatown of New York City with 34,218 Chinese residents, up from 19,963 in 2000, a 71% increase. And as for Manhattan's Chinatown, well, its Chinese population declined by 17% from 34,554 to 28,681 since 2000 to rank number three. Well, Flushing now rivals Manhattan's Chinatown as a center of Chinese culture and has been called the Chinese Manhattan. The Lunar New Year Parade has become a growing annual celebration of Chinese New Year. More and larger Chinese supermarkets are locating and settling a diverse and uniquely vast array of Chinese food and ingredient selections in Flushing, the largest of which include Hong Kong Supermarket and New York Supermarket, which also happens to be rapidly growing Chinese-American chain supermarkets. The segment of Main Street between Roosevelt Avenue and Consenna Boulevard represents the cultural heart of Flushing Chinatown. Flushing's rise as an epicenter of Chinese culture outside Asia has been attributed to the remarkable diversity of regional Chinese demographics represented. The World Journal, one of the largest Chinese-language newspapers outside China, is headquartered in adjacent Whitestone, Queens, with offices in Flushing as well, and numerous other Chinese and English-language publications are available in Flushing as well. Uh, Sinovision, which was founded in 1990, was one of the largest and most influential Chinese-language television networks in North America and has offices in Flushing, and it's headquartered in Midtown Manhattan. The popular styles of Chinese cuisine are ubiquitously accessible in Flushing there, including Taiwan, Shanghainese, Hunan, Sichuan, Cantonese, Fujianese, Xinjiang, Zhang, you know, Korean Chinese cuisine, the relatively obscure Dongbei style of cuisine, which is indigenous to the Northeast China. They're available in Flushing as well as Mongolian cuisine. So for all you Mongolian barbecue people out there, Quarter flushing, that's where it's going to be. Mandarin Chinese, um, including Northeastern Mandarin, all the dialects, and English are all prevalently spoken in Flushing Chinatown. And while the Mongolian language is now emerging, given its rapidly growing status, the Flushing Chinatown has surpassed in size and population. And Chinatown now rivals Manhattan's Chinatown as for being the center of Chinese-speaking New Yorkers in the politics and trade. Now, in accompaniment with its rapid growth, Flushing in particular has witnessed the proliferation of highly competitive businesses touted as educational centers, as well as nonprofit organizations declaring the intent to educate the community. And some entities offer education in Mandarin, the lingua franca of mainland China, Others profess to provide students with intensive training in computer and technological proficiency, and while still others 
entice high school students with rigorous preparatory classes for college entrance examinations in mathematics, science, and English literacy, a diverse array of social services geared toward assisting recent as well as established Chinese immigrants is readily available in Flushing. The Elmhurst Chinatown on Broadway in nearby Elmhurst, which is another neighborhood in the borough of Queens, also has a large and rapidly growing Chinese community and is developing as a satellite of the Flushing Chinatown, previously a small area with Chinese shops on Broadway between 81st Street and Cornish Avenue. Uh, this newly evolved second Chinatown in Queens has now expanded to 45th Avenue and Whitney Avenue, and a third and fledging Chinatown is now emerging in Queens, geographically between Flushing and Elmhurst in the neighborhood of Corona. Well, there is a Korean town which originated in Flushing but has since spread eastward to Murray Hill, Bayside, Douglaston, and Little Neck in Queens and also into Nassau County. And as of the 2010 United States Census, the Korean population of Queens was 64,107. Well, in the 80s, a continuous stream of Korean immigrants emerged into Flushing, and many of whom began as workers in the medical field or Korean international students who had moved to New York City to find or initiate profession or entrepreneurial positions. Well, they established a foothold on Union Street in Flushing between 35th and 41st Avenues, featuring restaurants and karaoke bars, grocery markets, education centers, and bookstores, banking institutions, offices, consumer electronics vendors, apparel boutiques, and other commercial enterprises. As the community grew in wealth and population and rose in socioeconomic status, Koreans expanded their presence eastward along Northern Boulevard, buying homes in more affluent and less crowded Queens neighborhoods, and more recently into adjacent suburban Nassau County, bringing their businesses with them and thereby expanding the Korean town itself. This expansion has led to the creation of an American uh, Meko Jagamak or Korean restaurant street around the Long Island Railroad Station in Murray Hill, Queens, <clears throat> excluding the ambience of Seoul itself. The eastward pressure to expand was also created by the inability to move westward, uh, inhibited by the formidable presence of the enormous Flushing Chinatown centered on Main Street. And per the 2010 United States Census, the Korean population of Queens was 64,107, representing the largest municipality in the United States with a density of at least 500 Korean Americans per square mile. And while the Korean population of Nassau County had increased by nearly two-thirds to approximately 14,000 over one decade since the 2000 census, along with the two Korean towns of Bergeron County, New Jersey, and the Palisades Park in Fort Lee, in the Manhattan Korean town in New York City, the Long Island Korean town functions as a satellite node for an overall Korean-American population of 218,764 individuals in the New York City metropolitan area, the second largest population of ethnic Koreans outside Korea. Korean Air and Asian, Asiana Airlines provide nonstop flights from Seoul the JFK Airport in Queens.
The Korean Times, news organization based in Seoul, carries a significant presence in the Long Island, Korean town. The Long Island, Korean town features numerous restaurants that serve both traditional and or regional Korean cuisine. As noted before above, the development of the this Korean town has led to the creation of an American Korean restaurant street and the Long Island Railroad and street uh, in Murray Hill. Excluding the audience of Seoul, Korean Chinese cuisine is now available in Koreatown. Um, both Korean and English are spoken prevalently. Retail signs employing the Hangul alphabet are ubiquitous. A significant array of social services toward assisting recent and established Korean immigrants is available in Koreatown. There is also a significant population of Korean Chinese or Chinese Koreans in Flushing that bridge the Chinese and Korean communities, and they can speak Mandarin, Korean, and English. Well, let's look at some other ethnic communities. The neighborhood of East Flushing, technically within Greater Flushing, also houses a substantial Chinese community along with most of downtown Flushing. However, East Flushing and also substantially including Irish, Greek, Russian, and Italian communities, as well as communities of Indians, Sri Lankans, Malaysians, and Hispanics, mostly Colombians and Salvadorians. Uh, this neighborhood tends to be more diverse visibly than downtown Flushing because of the more even distribution of the ethnicities of East Flushing residents, resulting in more businesses catering to each community rather than the dominance of Chinese and, to a lesser extent, Korean businesses in downtown Flushing. The northeastern section of Flushing near Bayside continues to maintain large Italian and Greek presences that are reflected in its many Italian and Greek bakeries, grocery stores, and restaurants. The northwest is a mix of Jews, Greeks, and Italians, most of central Flushing, is an ethnic mix of whites, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans. And an area south of Franklin Avenue houses a concentration of Indian, Pakistani, Afghan, and Bangladeshi markets. This concentration of South Asian businesses south of Franklin Avenue has existed since the late 1970s and one of the oldest little Indias in North America, the Sri Maha. Valbena Ganapati Devashatnam, wow, <laughs> at 4557 uh, Bone Street in Flushing was the fir very first of the traditional Hindu temples in the U.S. However, Indians are migrating eastward into neighborhoods in northeastern Queens and into Nassau County as well, with many Chinese and Korean immigrants following as well. Wow. Talk about a lot of demograph demographics between the Korean and the Chinese in Flushing. So for all you fans of Chinese food out there and Korean food, and if you're Korean and you've never been to the China to the Korean town, you best get over there, take a trip, go see a ball game too, because Flushing has, of course, the New York Mets has Flushing Meadow Park. And while you're there having your Korean barbecue, great places to venture about while you're out there. Part three next week looks at some named subsections of it. 
We'll look at Broadway Flushing, Linden Hill, Murray Hill, Queensboro, Waldheim. We'll look at the places of worship, landmarks, parks, malls, public schools, whatever we can fit in the next half hour. Part three coming up next week, folks. Remember, you make Queens what it is. Thanks for joining me here on the show today. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week for episode 11 right here on the Queens New Yorker on IBM Cloud Video and, of course, Mixcloud. Have a happy Easter. We'll see you next week. You have been watching the Queens New Yorker. Jason Kelly on a Jason DiCanio online presentation. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. Jason Kelly on a Jason DiCanio online presentation. Thank you for your support.
WJDC, Winter Park, Orlando, the home of the Canios Jazz Show. Enjoy. <laughs> 